This week, we begin in Houston, Texas, where a woman is convicted of stabbing her husband, but was it her that struck the deadly blows? Then we travel out west to Alpine, where a college student met her grisly end, likely at the hands of those she was closest to. Get ready for episode 27 of Texas 1031. We're part of the 27 Club, although we're not dead. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Janet got Joplin, it, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, or what is his name? I think it's Jimmy. Is it Jimmy? Is it Jimmy? And John Lennon. No. No, that was the White Lighter thing. The White Lighter thing is tied Kurt in Cobain. with the 27 Club. Yeah, Kurt 20- Cobain was 27. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I know things about music. Yeah, and murder. Yeah. Kurt was murdered. He was so hot. <laughs> He was. Yeah. He had that beautiful, grungy, like, oh my sunken God, yeah. face. Like, Ugh. I'm dirty and smell bad, but it's okay. I'll still mm-hmm. suck your dick. And the fucking, like, flannels Sorry, and, like, the... <laughs> oh, no. Cut. I don't want to cut it out. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Texas. I'm fine, Hannah. <laughs> welcome to Texas 1031. We are your hosts, Hannah and Cassie, um, and we are a true crime podcast dedicated to crimes in Texas. So thank you guys for tuning in. Again, we love you. Yep. Fucking Hannah go. So yeah, if you guys love us just as much as we love you, mm. go to our website, texas1031podcast.com. You'll find all of our social media shit, where to email us, PayPal, all the things. And yeah, remember, no dashes, no spaces, no capitalizations or numbers, just all spelled out and things and stuff. Uh, Do you have any recommendations? Yeah, let me pull up the thing. God, I'm so space cadet, which is so annoying for me to say. Do you guys want a forensic files update? Um, I'm going to answer for everyone and say yes. Yeah, so... I did watch some more, so I have some more because I haven't done one since like what earlier Episode this year, like four or five. Yeah, no, I think I did one when they were actually audible. <laughs> All right, so if you guys aren't familiar with my forensic files theory, our forensic files theory, alliterations for first and last names, or just weird last names, or whatever, we're, <laughs> we're taking everything these days. They pick them very <clears throat> carefully. And we have, I have found some hyphenated ones that I want to throw in there. I haven't found a lot of hyphenated, but mm. there are some. So it's a thing now. So starting with the alliterations, Ken Colker, Stephen C-A. I don't, I mean, it's probably Say, but it's S-E-A-Y. C-A? Say? Say? That's weird. Whatever. Kimberly Cashwell, Brad Balchelder, Mike Mannix, Karina Curry, Carrie Cadenach. <clears throat> this is the first hyphenated one we have. So. Her married name, her, her first name is Shelly. Her, her married name is Stark. So Shelly Stark. It's not a full on alliteration, but it is the first same letter. But her maiden name was um, UHL, Ool. But it, she goes by Shelly Ool hyphenated Stark. That's weird. So that's just stupid. That's a weird last name. Ool. Yeah. Martin Medellin, Michael Martinez, Steve Seiko, Psycho, S-I-K-O, Gilbert. Gossidis, what? Arlene Allen, Michael Malchek. This is the other great hyphenation. Roseanne Simborski, smile, smile with a Y. Okay. And Hope Hall. Weird last names are Deperveen. Never heard that ever. No. That sounds like a verb. It sounds like a weird made-up company that they like <laughs> smush yes. two or companies a together. <clears throat> yeah. I'm sorry, my voice is not. Deperveen great. may cause. Death, seizures, <laughs> side effects, blah, blah, blah. Deprivation. Hmm. Um, arts. But it's A-R-Z-T, so ars Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Otenshot. Yep. That's super methodical. Or mythological. It's the wine. I don't know how to say this one. G-O-E-T. 
S C H I U S. No, I sure. can't even follow that. Yeah. Um, in Sogna, but it in Sonia, it's like baloney. You know the G N A thing, right? And then Bossnecker, but it's B O E S S E N E C K E R. So super unnecessary. That might be my favorite. Yeah, Bossnecker. Yeah. My recommendation. I believe they mentioned Mean Girls. They did in the episode I listened to. I don't think they've rewritten it. But anyways, it's called Never Seen It. It's a podcast. Ah. It's fucking hilarious. I was looking through the comedy (laughs) podcast because Brennan and I were on a four-hour drive, four and a half hour. It was ridiculous. And we were trying to, we were were sick of true crime. We Mm. we just wanted uplifting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was looking through comedy stuff. He's not into the same, like some of my comedy podcasts are very, people specific from different podcasts so he might not like them big surprise <laughs> brennan's a bummer no we I'm love him <laughs> i just think giving a hard time i know i know that's why we love him but we found this podcast never seen it and basically they are a group of comedians <laughs> they have a comedian guest on the first episode I listened to was Henry Zabrowski as the guest. And he is, of course, from last podcast on the left, um, page seven, you know, whatever. Basically, they pick the guest picks a movie that they have not themselves seen and they rewrite a good chunk of the script just based on their notions of what the film might be about. And just then like they the do yeah, yeah, the title, maybe what they've seen in social media. <laughs> And then they do a table read of this movie. The Henry Zabrowski episode had me crying. It was so fucking that funny. Amazing. And then after they finish that, they go on. Maybe they'll do another one where the host will rewrite the movie. But they also play some weird movie games. Like, it's just a really fun, uplifting podcast. Um, it doesn't have that many episodes. So it's still pretty fresh, I feel. I 100% recommend it. Um, there are two Never Seen It podcasts. One is a movie critic review Mm -hmm. podcast this one is a comedy podcast basically if you scroll through the episodes and you don't see henry zabrowski you're in the wrong place so yeah that's my recommendation i'm sticking to it uh anything else not for me okay let's go into terrible things cassie's first cool (laughs) so this week i am telling you guys the story of the murder of jamie melger on the evening of December 23rd, 2012, at right around 4.30 p.m. Is Jamie a male or female? Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Jamie is a male. Okay. And it's spelled J-A-I-M-E. So that was interesting. I like yeah, interesting. two weird spellings sure. in, the, in a row. M-E-L-G-A-R. A-R. Yes. So on the evening of December 23rd, 2012, at around 4.30 p.m., Friends and family of Sandra and Jamie Melger gathered at the couple's uh, Laurel Creek home in Houston, Texas. Um, They were all there to celebrate the couple's 32nd wedding anniversary. Um, Their anniversary date was actually December 24th, so Christmas Eve. The couple had one daughter, Elizabeth, um, who was 32. Jamie. (laughs) 32nd, 32. Oh, wow. Yeah. Why did you laugh? There's a lot of that in this. Yeah, because yeah. that's creepy. Okay. That is creepy. That's a good, that's another good point. Oh, thanks. Um, Jamie was 52 years old and Sandra was also 52. Um, the couple were actually high school sweethearts. Aww. They grew up together, high school sweethearts, all of that. Jamie worked as a computer programmer and Sandra owned her own medical billing and coding business. So just a tiny bit of background on their, you know, uh, threesome family. The Melgers guest entered through the open garage door, which was kind of weird, but they went through the open garage, entered that door, and they found Jamie tied up in a closet. Jamie had been stabbed 31 times and was dead. Not 32 times. Not 32 times. Dead. Sandra was found alive in another closet. Mm. Her hands and feet were bound behind her back, and there was a chair propped up underneath the doorknob of said closet, which was located in their master bedroom. Sandra claimed that she remembered being in the bathroom with her husband right around 1 in the morning. Um, I guess the previous night, same day, whatever, that stupid shit. 
time. Stupid shit. Stupid time. <laughs> Man-made construct. <laughs> uh, Sandra says she blacked out, possibly due to a seizure, then woke up in the closet where she lay for 12 hours waiting for someone to rescue her. Sure, sure, sure. She claimed that they were victims of a home invasion. So investigators took thousands of photos of the crime scene, and although Sandra maintained the home invasion story, police were pretty suspicious. Sandra was arrested and charged with the brutal stabbing of Jamie Mulger in July of 2014. So two almost two and a half years later. Okay. Yes. What was the holdup? Basically, they had no real leads, no real anything. They were putting together a case. Sandra was the one and only suspect. Okay. So okay. it was from the, from the get, we'll talk about it from yeah. the get go. Okay. They felt like she had something to do with it. When her trial begins, um, we have District Judge Kelly Johnson, um, defense lawyer Max Sechrist, and prosecutor Colleen Barnett. There were probably a couple more people part of the teams, but I could not find their names. So that's who we have. Prosecution um, during the late July, early August trial of the same year, 2014 painted the picture of a greedy wife desperate to get out of her marriage. They stated that she stood to inherit a $250,000 insurance policy upon her husband's death. I read some sources that said 500000 but 250 was the most uh, common in the sources and the most credible, so we'll go with 250. The couple were also Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, the... Jehovah's Witness religion bars people from getting a divorce um, mm. per shunning, basically, right, right, from right. the community yeah. unless a partner commits adultery, which had not happened in this case. And death in the Jehovah's Witness religion is seen as a long sleep, not as a final end. It's seen as a sleep and you've moved on to be with God. It's definitely a mourning time, but not so much a morning time as in other religions. Mm-hmm. So since it's seen as a long sleep, it's not that bad. Prosecutors, uh, prosecutors, prosecutors, mm-hmm. prosecutors say that Sandra stabbed Jamie, then staged a home invasion slash robbery. Nothing had been stolen from the home. Yeah, I was going to ask. Mm-hmm. Nothing was stolen and people were quote, conveniently coming over the next right, day right. that could save Sandra. They had that this party, party planned. Yeah, no. Yep. It is possible that she bound herself. And also, if there were a home invasion, why was she left alive? Right. And vastly unscathed. In December of 2012, um, a reenactment was filmed days after the murder, full, fully showing the police's um sort of direction of what direction they were going. thank yeah. you very much yes um this reenactment showed how it would be possible to prop a chair underneath the doorknob from inside the closet so a police officer um positioned a this is all in quotes positioned a pillow sham underneath the legs of a chair then pulling the sham underneath the door from the inside the closet to wedge the chair against the door from the outside mm. it's a weird quote so basically what she did allegedly supposedly According to the police reenactment, she positioned the chair underneath the doorknob with a pillow sham underneath. Mm -hmm. She pulled both of those closed with enough space for her arm to get out. She yanked the pillow sham out from underneath the door, effectively closing the door and placing the chair underneath the doorknob. So it is possible. Um, Police noted that it was difficult, but definitely could happen the sham that the harris county police officers used tore in a similar manner to a pillow sham found torn in the bedroom where sandra was found so a little weird bit um this reenactment was played for the courtroom questionable so the defense focused on kind of more of a bungling of the case they say that a bloody fingerprint found on the family safe was very well documented in the investigation photos but never checked um so this was possibly crucial evidence that was lost okay so they had a dna fingerprint that was just never followed through right so there was also um in the defense's statement 
a neighbor man acting strangely at the crime scene with a history of theft and assault with a knife. This was never followed up, followed up on. Basically, the investigators noted him. They went and spoke to him. They gave, them, gave him a business card and said, you need to give us a call. And the guy never called, so they just didn't follow up on anything. Well, it's not like they knew right then and there that he had a history or exactly. a criminal past. You know what I mean? Right. So- I kind of get why he didn't call. (laughs) Well, yeah, I definitely wouldn't call. And then also just a little bit shoddy investigation. Um, The investigation was led by a later fired detective. The daughter of the Melgers think that the Harris County police had, quote, tunnel vision and never fully investigated outside of the belief that her mother was guilty, i.e. created the narrative that would support their thought that she was found after staging this crime and um, murder. So despite reasonable doubt, Sandra Melger was convicted of first-degree murder on August 23, 2017, after an eight-hour deliberation by the jury. Her family and friends were absolutely shocked they were all expecting innocence and all charges to be dropped she received a 27 year sentence Um, she had been facing the maximum of life imprisonment Uh, they did not seek the death penalty Um, the minimum for this sort of charge would be five years so she got a pretty hefty um, sentence based on what could have or couldn't have happened and being a woman too Mm -hmm. it's very interesting whoa um The defense has already been appealing the ruling. Um, They say that the jury basically went on their own experiments and painted the portrait and the burden was misplaced. Mm -hmm. Um, Elizabeth maintains her mother's innocence. She says, and I quote, I'm pretty outraged and pretty upset. This has been a huge miscarriage of justice. I never thought it would get this far and I didn't think she would ever be convicted. I thought... She had a fantastic shot of having this dismissed, and here we are, she says to People magazine. <laughs> she also described in other interviews her parents as best friends and truly in love. So our question is, jurors felt that the home invasion story didn't add up. If the home invasion story is true and added up, why was Sandra left nearly unharmed? Uh, what were her injuries, if any? I could not find that yeah. anywhere. I I was gonna ask if she stabbed or something. Anything. Intake photos, and mm-hmm. she looked sleepy. There, there, there seemed to be no cuts, no abrasions. Um, I mean, if it was attack on the specifically on the husband, if it was maybe someone they knew, they had some sort of pity on her and spared her life, and yeah. maybe she didn't get a glimpse of them, and so there wasn't even a reason to kill her. Right. So they spared her life, but. I mean, not we, usual. What were what, there was? Was there any financial reason behind this attack? Was there any mm, extramarital affair that you said there wasn't? But right, yeah, motive of other people was lacking. Exactly. So I also wonder: Did Sandra had a his, have a history of seizures? Right, right. I wrote that down too. Was there yeah. any medical? documentation records proven that she has seizures because if you say you black out my first thought was oh she blacked out from blow to the head that would make sense and she woke up tied up in the closet in the seizure thing you would toss in a seizure thing if to never you wouldn't because it's like why does that matter when you're being attacked you would toss in a seizure To explain away the fact that there is no gash or bump or head Maybe, injur- but injury. also, like, why would the attacker, how would they know that you have seizures and be able to guarantee that you're going to have a seizure at that exact moment? That's my thing. She's full of They shit. wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> unless they knew that it was brought on by stress and whatever, but it, right, unless, that's like, still not goes, guaranteed. Going back to what you say, unless they knew them closely. Why was nothing stolen? Right. She sucks. The knife, was it found? They believe that the stabbing was taking place with the kitchen knife, but I could not find fucking anything about the knife itself. Uh, Investigators found a cloudy spot on her fingernail that they surmised could be a bleach spot used in cleaning up the crime. Well, that's a little reaching. That's what I... Was there bleach anywhere else? I have had cloudy spots on my fingernails before, and they weren't from bleach. We bartended together and yeah. we used to clean with bleach and never got a cloudy once, spot. Yeah. So that was weird. Um, that was something I hung on to. 100% the fingerprint should have been tested. That was a gross misconduct. You said if it was it, on the w- safe? It was on the safe. Was anything taken from the safe? No. So it was planted? 
So as a deterrence or a confusion or a distraction. Or if it was a home invasion, they killed the husband because he put up a fight and the wife had a seizure induced by stress. So they hid her in a closet. They thought she might have died. And so they had no one they to force to open the safe. Right. And so they just bounced. That would be my only Likely thought. story. Right. How is her business doing? Right. Was it in trouble? Was she in debt? We need more motive. Absolutely. Either way. For yeah, a for burglary. Against, yeah. For, yeah. And then my second to last thought, he was stabbed 31 times. Yeah. Which a shows lot. a particular rage. Yeah. They, at that time, had been married for 31 years. The following day, after the day they had been found, would be their 32nd oh wedding anniversary. Anna, your neuroses is coming back to <laughs> prove a point. So, did she... Or didn't she? I don't know. I'm leaning towards she did. It's just a little bit too fishy. Too convenient. Mm -hmm. It's almost like even in the fucking Lululemon murders, at least that girl like beat the shit out of herself to make it look like there was a mutual like crime. Or that girl in Canada that had her whole family killed. They Mm -hmm. tied her up and roughed her up too. But I mean, I think that this lady, if she did it, Right. Allegedly. I mean, she is in jail for it, so I feel like we're kind of safe, but, it's but also, also like, alleged. What does the jury know that we don't? What, is, what does everyone else know that we don't in the records? Because, I want to see the crime scene photos. Right, I, I couldn't find any of that. There, how is, how, to me, there's reasonable doubt. Yes. Because if you can't produce a murder weapon, if you can't produce a full-on situation of physical evidence, you know, surmising otherwise, no medical records, no anything... Besides the bloody fingerprint that wasn't tested, a.k.a. no evidence, then how are you convicting her again? Yep. And that's why I think the defense, their their appeal is very just because the burden of proof proof was on the prosecution and they couldn't handle it. They couldn't. And they they, didn't bring anything for it. But somehow they can shifted it to the defense. Yep, Because of financial gain, this hypothetical insurance, blah, blah. Yep. But they basically said she couldn't get a divorce because of her religion and she wanted the money. So she killed him. And that to me is a not not enough motive. If this is a a home invasion situation, this is the worst part. And that's what her daughter's saying. This is your worst fear that the justice system fails you and you are telling the truth. And this just nothing is lining up because this crime doesn't make sense. And. The police didn't do a thorough job, first of all. No. They didn't collect the evidence. They didn't follow up on witnesses, potential or actual or whatever. They didn't look at any other home invasions in the area. If they, any. They didn't look at any history between their marriage or what was happening with them. So did that they, we know of. Yeah. Did, did they delve into her finances? Which I feel did, like you would know? be released if this is an open case and open and shut, technically. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't it be released? So I couldn't it's find kind any. Of like, Court documents, any investigation documents, any interview yeah, documents. Just because we can't find it doesn't mean it's there. So that's exactly. Point. Exactly. But I, I'm not doubting that this woman didn't do it. Uh-huh. But I'm just saying, it's if I was on the jury, I don't know if I could go through with it because yep. it's kind of like, well, there's mm-hmm. a lot of big missing pieces here. And then we we've talked about it before, where if you or I were on a jury team. We might be the only person like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. And if you have a room full of hungry, tired people that yeah. just want to get the fuck out, we've been in here for eight hours. Right. She did it. Whatever. Get we're giving her it. 20. We're not even giving her the full sentence. So you'll be fine. Right. And it's like, no, do you concede? Do you? So it's it's very interesting. But like she didn't have a prior record. Right. So this isn't like. Your last lady, Luann. and She's not a fucking you know, black, widow. black widow that we know of. But I mean, who knows? This could have been her first kill. I, I just don't understand how the other information wasn't given to us when there could have been plenty. I think that the fact that this home and I don't know, even if OK, even if hypothetically you're a burglar or a robber, mm-hmm. you come in, you stab the guy, you kill him, which is ridiculous in itself if you just want to get some shit you don't need to kill a guy especially not 31 times right well the wife is leave the wife to live yeah. because oh i got i feel bad because she's a woman no and then you just bitch out you don't even take anything mm-hmm. how do you know that you're gonna be able to get the safe open right you would use the safe as the last resort to be like all right we can't find anything in the house so let's get them to open this which would mean that you could get her to open it because she's still alive like it doesn't make sense and the fact that she would have had she no didn't 
cranial injuries and she just so happened you got lucky and she had a seizure that doesn't right, happen no. so people can live through major head trauma but to not have anything exactly and you supposedly your husband is left dead and brutalized and you're just chilling in a closet that mm-hmm. you could have finagled to close behind you yeah i just don't yeah like the torn sham did this it have is, blood on it? Was it? This is so backwards for us because usually we're we're judging people that are let free because of this kind yes. of thing. But like, I'm not mad that she's in jail. No. But I'm just like, this is dumb. Yeah. Regardless. I feel really sad for their daughter. Yeah. She so fervently believes that her mother yeah. is innocent. And for her sake, I, I hope she is. And I hope, I hope if Sandra Melger is innocent, her appeals will be granted. And I feel like, <laughs> which is scary, but I feel like we can maybe try to put trust in the justice system. Mm. We don't know everything that the investigators right. know, whether or not they bungled the case. There is a reason that the jury convicted Voted this woman. Or the other. Yeah. yeah. And there is, there's also a reason they didn't give her the maximum sentence. There's a reason they didn't give her the minimum mm-hmm. sentence. They gave her kind of yeah. right in the middle. Clearly stuff we're not privy to. Yeah. Like 27 years at her age. She was 52 when this murder was committed. Um, she was 57 when she was tried and convicted. So 27 years, that's 70. That's almost in her 90s, if not a little over. So that is her life. But I'm sure she'll get an appeal approved at I'm, some point. I'm sure she will because she's a woman a and she's a first time offender. And yeah, there's a lot of circumstantial shit. It's recent. It's very interesting. She's got a ways to go before probably she gets anybody to listen to her. So Yep. Do you have any more thoughts on I that? I wrote that I'm surprised that this wasn't a hung jury or just a mistrial. Yes. Just because of how weird it was. But yeah. anyway, neither Those here nor there. Probably damn good prosecutors. Really um, good at painting a picture. The open garage. I wrote open garage because, like we mentioned, or you mentioned, you know, they were going to have a party. Mm-hmm. She, maybe she could have left it open to have people come in. Mm-hmm. But... I knew when I lived with my mom, there was a house on my street that they had a bunch of teenage boys, you know, teenage in their 20s, whatever. And they always left their garage door open, like mm. the actual door door, not like the door into the house, but the door. And they had, you know, ping pong table and blah, blah, blah. And like they were very active in that area. And mm-hmm. It was constantly open day and night. And it was like anyone could go in there. Yep. And so what if that was their natural enter entrance and exit? You know that was mean? mentioned. And that so, was abnormal for them to yeah, have it open. Okay. All right, I was going to say, because like if anybody could drive by and be like, oh, hey, right. this house, a nice house, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was abnormal, apparently. Okay. Right. I'm not sure how trustworthy those sources were. The neighbors were basically just relieved when she got convicted because they were like, we're glad to know this wasn't a random home invasion. They had only been in that house for six years. So that's kind of sad that the neighbors weren't like, I feel so bad. Right. But more or less like, I'm glad this person won't come back and attack us. I don't know. Right. Because nonetheless, either way, a man is dead. Yeah. Uh, a 52-year-old man that is young, and he was stabbed 31 times. Um, he was bound as well. Um, we don't know if it was post-mortem or not, but a man was brutalized. and Probably post or pre because otherwise he might have been able to defend himself or show some defense wounds. Or post to did they knock him out before like oh my god i don't know there's so many questions with this one and we we probably won't know because sandra's claims that she blacked out from a seizure or whatnot she has no id she has no voice she has no nothing from the crime she just woke up bound in the closet so if there was no DNA evidence other than hers and her husband's, like if they were very careful, aside from well, the I mean, fingerprint, they live maybe, there, like, so it's gonna be normal to find it, right? Know? So either way, I don't think we'll ever fully know. This will be a very speculative case. It's just too convenient that she had a seizure and she can't identify anyone. Yeah, to me, and that's not enough to put someone away, but it is a little convincing. Yeah. Anyway, so we'll I'm end sorry, it, Jamie. Yeah, so sorry, Jamie, and. Fuck you, Sandra, maybe, or also anonymous burglars. We're not sure. Yeah. It's all hearsay and alleged. Definitely alleged. Definitely alleged. <laughs> uh, bleep, bleep, blah. <laughs> all right. On October 14th, 2016, 22-year-old Zuzu Renee Verk is officially reported missing by Alpine, Texas police. 
They confirmed in a police Facebook post that she was a white female, five feet tall, 110 pounds with blonde hair and blue eyes. And she had not been heard from since early the early morning hours on Wednesday, October 12th. And um, APD said that she was a student and employee at Sewell Ross State University. There's actually a Sewell Ross Street here in Houston, which I thought was weird. Huh, Sewell Ross, Sewell Ross. I don't know. I don't know. I've never been on it. Or maybe. I don't know. Or been there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if Zuzu is short for like Suzanne or anything with a Z. I think that's just her name. Okay. So there's no poking fun at that one because it's different. It's not a forensic file. It's just a victim's name. So we'll go from there. Uh, Zuzu would speak with her mother for the last time on Tuesday the 11th. She was allegedly last seen at a movie theater that night with uh, her on and off again boyfriend and a few friends. Her boyfriend would state that Zuzu missed her shift at work that day as well as an important exam scheduled for that Wednesday. So when he said that day, meaning Wednesday. So she was like day, the cutting school, cutting work to hang out. Uh, no, like she just didn't. She wasn't there okay so that's when she was like missing right okay okay yeah okay. Hmm. uh i immediately thought why was she out at the movies the night before an exam mm-hmm. that's kind of weird but maybe she felt prepared but that's maybe that's just not me but okay she and her friends also had plans to even go camping that weekend at big bend national park oh uh after midterms wrapped up so she clearly was in the height of studying mm-hmm. midterms all the things you gotta be focused um, her mother would also state that Zuzu's phone was dead. The local news station tried to reach out to the police when this story and her disappearance broke and, quote, we reached out to the police to ask more about what we learned from the mother, but a dispatcher said they were, quote, too busy to talk about the incident and hung up. So that's nice. Flyers would be placed all around town along with uh, on-foot search parties. There would be search dogs and helicopters used to try to find Zuzu. I think that that's incredible because mm-hmm. it is a super small town. I mean, this is a, an, a not even a speck that you can see. This is like the shithole next to like Midland next to El Paso. Like it's nothing. Wow. Um, so I thought that was great. Yeah. Because sometimes big cities don't even go out of their way to do that. Nope. So um, the aircraft helicopter would cover the outlying areas of Alpine while the community takes care of the areas where Zuzu would walk her dog or hike trails as she was known to be an avid hiker. By the 21st of October, she was still missing and a press conference conference was finally held along with a $50,000 reward wow. for information regarding her whereabouts. So again, that's major. Fantastic. Props to this small town. The search included several law enforcement agencies, including including DPS, the Texas Rangers, multiple sheriff's offices, the U.S. Border Patrol, and U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Her hometown of Keller, which is uh, kind of a suburb of Dallas, mm-hmm. would even place lavender-colored ribbons in support of her being found. Wow. So major, major community uh, support, I guess I should say that they really thought that highly of her and wanted to make sure she was okay. The investigators collected more than 100 statements from potential witnesses, obtained 12 search warrants, and gathered cell phones, computers, and vehicles, all as evidence in the case. It's really thorough. There's a lot of cars in this one. Mm. (laughs) In the case, investigators originally had three persons of interest, although one was cleared after speaking with investigators. Um, One of the two remaining persons... Uh, of interest was Zuzu's boyfriend who had not been assisting with the search or investigation and had not been officially even identified at the time. That's a big red flag. Yeah, well, I mean, she's at school away from her family. They're all back in Keller. So, I mean, I think it's kind of weird that you wouldn't even be like, hey, this is my boyfriend's name. Mm-hmm. But maybe they were newly dating. I couldn't really get a determination on that. And but- they were on again, off again. Maybe she didn't want to like tell her family about the It takes a special kind of, like, douchebag to not participate in a search for the girl that you've been having sex with. I immediately thought of um, uh, Scott Peterson. Where it's like, we're all perceiving it, like, how you react, how how you're supposed to react. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. So a few days later, the reward was actually bumped from $50,000 to $100,000. Glenn Verk, her father, spoke out directly to Zuzu's boyfriend, saying, quote, Robert. I'm asking to please asking you to please help us. I haven't seen you yet and I've seen a lot of people helping. Please come and cooperate with the police department and help us and help them. I know that you love her 
I hope that you do. And this would be a way to show it. The boyfriend would come to be known as Robert Fabian, a local to the area. He immediately retained counsel in the form of Liz Rogers, who says, quote, I'm proud to represent Robert. He is distraught over the disappearance of Zuzu, as is everyone in our community. Yeah, I bet. Uh, she would not answer any questions, including why he had not been uh, at, seen at any of the public searches or press conferences. She said, quote, he has cooperated with Texas Rangers as well as local law enforcement. We are conducting our own investigation and we fervently pray that she is found alive and well. Like, why would you conduct your own investigation? Why don't you just like help out? Or with just say like, you know, he's devastated by this and he can't and, like, get out of bed and he can't. Yeah. Like, like this. don't even like go into it. Like, don't. Don't stir the, your own pot. Right. Okay, Liz. All right. By the end of the month, Texas EquiSearch took over. Wow. Major stuff. So all day, volunteer EquiSearch team members trekked on foot and ATVs south of Alpine, uh, looking under highway overpasses, in uh, tall grass for tire tracks, and among tree branches for anything unusual, hand in hand with her husband and the founder of EquiSearch, Tim Miller. Her mother, Lori Virk, says, quote, someone knows where my daughter is. Someone knows the truth about what happened to her, and we just need her back. Shortly after the search began, Alpine police obtained a gray Ford F-150 pickup truck believed to be related to Zuzu's disappearance. Police say it may have uh, had magnetic decals that were removed during the early hours of last Wednesday, just before Zuzu was reported missing. How would they know that? Again, there's a lot of cars. I, I okay. never found that out. That's so. interesting. This was one of several cars potentially involved with the case, but all cars were detailed and any possible evidence was obtained that was obtained and tested with each. So anything I just flipped this book like eight times. <laughs> anything that was weird, they tested it, they kept it, and they tested it. So yeah, they been were very thorough. Pretty thorough yeah. so far. So But with all of these vehicles tied into the into Zuzu's case, there still was only one person of interest, which was Zuzu's boyfriend. However, on the twenty fifth, drones this is the first episode we ever talked about with drones. Yeah. They joined in on the search for Zuzu and Texas Rangers even polygraphed one of their key witnesses, uh, which was Chris Estrada. So Chris was the owner of one of the many cars taken into evidence, which was a 2016 white Ford Mustang that was impounded by the police over the weekend. Um, investigators took evidence from the vehicle's carpet, sent it to a forensics lab in El Paso. For roughly four and a half hours, Chris was questioned, and according to Brewster County Sheriff Ronnie Dodson, the polygraph test did not clear Chris from the investigation just yet. Quote, I have fully cooperated, Chris wrote on his Facebook page. Like, don't go to Facebook when you're in the middle of a murder investigation. Quote, I have, I gave them my phone, my GPS timeline, and my car. I'm not hiding anything or protecting anyone. I hope they find Zuzu. I just want to get back to my boring life like that sounds like something a killer would say right like <laughs> i hope bad. they find her also right. me 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 right, right this is where i am this is what i'm not don't, doing don't post about anything on facebook like what the fuck through obtaining search warrants authorities were able to find out uh find out and state that the boyfriend robert fabian called his friend chris estrada twice during the early morning hours of zuzu's disappearance on october 12th the warrant also indicated they communicated using the social media app Snapchat. <laughs> a separate warrant pertaining to a pickup truck indicates that Fabian borrowed that F-150 I mentioned earlier uh, during that Tuesday night slash early Wednesday morning. None of the revelations come as a surprise to John Franco, who lives directly below Robert Fabian in an apartment complex across from the university. Quote, that night we heard arguing. I can hear him pacing back and forth in the kitchen, living room, and all around. Uh, he said that his girlfriend woke him up a short time later because of all the loud noises. Quote, going down the stairs, we heard a loud thump. This is around at four in the morning. I only wish we had done something. A- another search warrant for Chris Estrada's Ford Mustang says that in the days following Zuzu's disappearance, Chris attempted to get his car cleaned three times at an a local auto shop uh attempted what just go pu- fucking pay for it to get clean like know. why is that a thing? i guess he kept going back so quote something was definitely different that week says josh kobos whose family runs the shop or er, josh john whatever i'll let it out 
because we just had a John. Now I'm confused because I typed it wrong. He said that he was a close friend of Robert's and that he was acting strangely when he stopped by the shop two days after Zuzu disappeared. Quote, something in my gut says I think he knows something. So, like, you got... Trust your gut. You got a car person and you got a neighbor. So that's two people that are at least saying something's weird. Uh, In an interview, John also revealed that Robert left his laptop at John's home in the days after Zuzu went missing. John says he turned it over to the police, which is a really phenomenal thing. As a friend, Mm -hmm. most people would protect your friend. Yep. Instead, anyway, a warrant obtained for the laptop doesn't reveal what, if anything, was recovered on the device, but it does state that the computer, quote, contained items that Robert Fabian wanted to remove from social media. I don't really know what that means. Why would you post a picture of like your dead girlfriend if that's kind of what they're getting at? But right. like, I don't, I'm not really sure if it's posting about his whereabouts. Right. All right. You know what like, I mean? I'm thinking like location tracking yeah. or like maybe he posted Snapchat a status. Does that geotag stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. Or, yeah, status things. Absolutely. Um, a grand jury met around Christmas time, two months after she went missing, to determine if they could indict Robert. Not only that, but a petition was created to deny Chris Estrada bail because of the serious doubt the community had in his innocence in Zuzu's disappearance. Wow. Bail, you ask? Well, the dipshit was arrested and charged with a DWI and evading arrest during this whole thing. So guilty much? Yeah. Okay. Uh, According to the arrest affidavit, an officer and sergeant with the Alpine Police Department were parked in the 200 block of North 5th Street at 2.14 a.m. when they saw a driver identified as Chris Estrada uh, who failed to make a complete stop. Chris then drove away at a speed higher than 50 miles per hour, the affidavit reports. Police activated their emergency lights, tried to stop the vehicle, which continued on, driving through a parking lot trying to flee from police. And the chase continued with the vehicle passing a stop sign. And then Chris turned off his car lights before stopping behind a building, again, according to an affidavit or the affidavit. What the fuck? Yeah. So he hardcore was trying to get away. That could be just a simple, like, you just rolled through a stop sign. Like, oh, I'm sorry, officer. Right, right. But I mean, he had just been interviewed for this whole thing. So. Could have been freaked out. Like, they're coming after me. Yeah. Yeah. Despite all of this, he was bonded out of jail and skipped town to Arizona. Um, sounds about right. Yeah, your guilt is showing Can you, super hard. Are you allowed to skip town after you're bonded out of jail or is that illegal? Can you I think it depends on your the severity type of bond. Okay. So, or your crime. The terms. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on February 3rd, this is when it gets real, a body was found in a shallow grave just northwest of Alpine at Sunny Glen. Oh. Sheriff Dodson, quote, it looks like an animal might have dug it up and oh, scattered it about. God. Now we have to piece it all back together. Fuck, poor Zuzu. That's not okay. They plan to send the remains to Dallas where uh, at the time they will be identified. At that time, like I said. The following day, Robert Fabian would be arrested with a warrant for tampering with fabricating physical evidence and by concealing a human corpse. Never heard of fabricating physical evidence? But. Or I've never heard of concealing a human corpse either. Have you? Yeah, I think. It's pretty whatever. interesting. Like how they had no, they had no physical evidence, right? Mm-mm. They just like, they were like, we, yeah. Yeah, we're getting him. We're just going to fucking arrest him. His bond was set at $500,000. That's a lot. Yeah. However, at this point, it isn't determined at that point if the remains were actually Zuzu's. So that's a big wow. And yeah. a big bond. That's a, oh man, that was a very risky. That was very risky. So mm-hmm. they feel very certain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So according to the report from the Southwestern Institute of Forensic Science in Dallas, no traumatic injuries were found during the autopsy of Zuzu. Examiners were not able to find any evidence of acute injuries on the remains present. Um, and the findings actually didn't surprise uh, Dr. Richard Bartlett, who he's actually a certified doctor in advanced trauma life support. Quote, they knew what did not kill her. Okay. Which is an interesting way to phrase it. Right. He said they saw there were no fractures of the skull and there were, was the neck was not broken. Um, but that does not mean you can't have a problem with a vascular injury to the neck or an airway injury. Okay. This means someone could have either suffocated or strangled Zuzu. And these are injuries you wouldn't be able to find on a person's bones. Okay. So basically, he's insinuating that someone ditched her out there to hopefully decompose to the point where you couldn't tell how she was killed. Right. So. Mm. 
kind of smart, but you didn't, she didn't, she got found too soon. Right. <laughs> uh, luckily. Along with not finding any injuries, the report states that a postmortem toxicology came back as negative and that Zuzu showed no signs of any kind of natural disease. According to the report, it was a combination of these findings that led examiners to believe that, quote, homicidal violence was the cause of death for Zuzu. Wow. The report also references investigative findings and suspicious circumstances surrounding her death as reasons for the cause to be declared a homicide. So they obviously know more than they're letting on. Even they can't really determine if strangulation, asphyxiation, if Mm -hmm. it was so whatever. If she got hit and you can't tell and it killed her. I don't know. So basically at this point, both men have been arrested and detained. Robert and Chris. Wow. Chris was indicted for two counts. Number one, tampering with physical evidence slash corpse. And number two, tampering with evidence. So they broke it down twice. He was held on $500,000 bond for both counts. Robert Fabian was indicted later for murder and tampering with evidence and currently has a bond of $925,000. Chris would have a hearing in 2017 in an attempt to lessen his bond to $50,000. Fuck you. Hmm. During the hearing, his attorney insisted that Chris wouldn't be a... wouldn't be a flight risk and has cooperated with investigators from the from the beginning and will continue to do so. Whoop de fucking do. Did he like read the documents? Like did yeah. he not did he just The judge, you mean? Close his yeah. eye. Well, no, I'm talking about the attorney. Just like did you fucking oh. close your eyes well, we when your client ran away? <sighs> silly. So silly. Uh wait, wait, did the <laughs> did the judge lessen it? Oh, we'll get there. Oh no. A quote by the DA We found later in the investigation a hair that was actually found in Chris Estrada's car. Mitochondrial DNA is consistent, being the same maternal line as Zuzu's mother. Oh, okay. So, y'all likely Zuzu's hair. (laughs) Yeah. So right now, it's not looking good, evidentiary wise, for Mr. Chris Estrada and his participation in the context of the crime. So in the end, the judge set Chris's bond. At two hundred twenty-five thousand. <laughs> like, why is that a thing? It's like, like, who cares? Yeah. There's a dead body involved. Just, you know, like, just leave it. You know, just fucking, just like, be cool. Yeah, man. like, okay, I'll lessen it by a little bit. Uh, fucking stay in prison for a minute. Yeah, but whatever. I think that's okay. Like, obviously, he's a flight risk. Duh. But it's, it's so hokey. Like, oh, he he's such a good guy. He's right. not a flight risk. Like, mm-hmm. he went to Arizona the first time. So, okay. That's a couple states away. Right. That's a couple states away. That's a couple, a couple states, states away. away. Um, so, well, wouldn't you know, the fucker did get out on bail. and he, Are you kidding? He oh, got yeah. down. Oh, yeah. $200,000 bail? Oh, yeah. He had a brief interview outside the jail. So, he was in jail for 124 days. He... Is walking out, and according to him, he is completely innocent. So CBS 7 News asks, did you see this coming that you were going to be a suspect? Chris, no, I did not. Did you help Robert bury Zuzu's body? Chris, just have to wait for everything in trial. In the trial, sorry. The new CBS 7 News. What did you think about the hair they found in your car? They say it matches Zuzu's mom's maternal line. Chris, same thing. We'll cross that bridge at trial. CBS 7 News. Was she in your car, though, recently? Chris, you'll just have to see. I haven't seen any of the evidence myself, so I can't really make a statement on it. CBS 7 News. Do you think Robert is guilty? Chris, I do not. CBS 7 News. Are you still standing behind him? Chris, nods head yes. CBS 7 News. What was your reaction when you found out that they had found her body? Chris, I guess I was happy for the family that at least it's something they wanted. I'm just assuming that that's kind of how he said it because he sounds like a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, da, da, da. The jury selection for Chris's case will take place on May 15th, 2018, with the trial itself taking place on May 21st. And as of right now, Chris remains out on bond and free to live anywhere between El Paso and Picos County. I believe that's how you say it. May 21st was yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy God. Yeah. Uh, Robert will be tried in Caldwell County, near, nearly 500 miles away from Brewster County after a change of venue request was granted last year, which I totally assume would probably happen as a small ass town. Yeah. His trial won't begin until July 23rd, 2018. Um, I don't know how this case ended because obviously it hasn't. I'm very disappointed that I didn't have an answer of what happened because I went through this whole thing expecting an answer and then I was 
given the fuck you, Hannah. You gotta <laughs> wait. So I'm excited to see what's to come, what the state and the defense have to offer. Um, but yeah, it's it's open ended as of right now. Sorry, everyone. Uh, allegedly, they feel guilty as fuck. Allegedly. Chris was able to get out on bond because he sold his cars and like his house. And that's how he was able what to escape the fuck? all that. That's not enough. I'm sorry. If you go, you don't know how the, okay. All right. That was a bad decision. Like just fucking stay in jail. That's what I'm saying. This judge was dingus town mm-hmm. for even being like, all right, but why would you do that? Why would he, you sell all your things? What if you do get off? Then you like, have nothing. Why would you even let a potential person or a person that was potentially involved in a murder possibly sell all his assets yeah goodbye yeah just because you can afford it doesn't really mean that you should let lower the he he wouldn't have gone gotten free if you hadn't lowered it in the first place right. and he was like all right well it was lowered to this and okay, it's just I a percentage it. and i, I get that it. he can you know find a bondsman in town to like lower it to like whatever it is 10 percent of the actual total but it's just like still I, that's ridiculous i can't Why would the judge make that decision i i don't know i, I we, feel bad for her regardless oh I absolutely mean, she didn't deserve this guy sucked on multiple levels yes and clearly he's able to swindle enough people into thinking that he's just like a fucking of control. stand-up guy yeah Honestly. i put a lot of stock into what his downstairs neighbors said mm-hmm. I, I i mean or that's upstairs neighbors, whatever neighbors in general right, whatever. right like what someone heard because that's you know this whole thing about someone knows something Mm -hmm. they know something they know what they heard they know what night it was they were woken up by it multiple times and like enough to like remark on it and wonder about it and maybe even try to go Mm -hmm. like fucking i mean i'm glad they said something regardless the guys are you know detained and being put on trial i'm 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 Assuming that they're probably going to get a bullshit sentencing if charged at all or convicted at all. Is yeah, because I mean. there's no if hope there is, but seemingly there's no DNA evidence right. except for the hair follicle found. And it's Luckily, just there's not. I mean, we've heard of people getting death for less, mm-hmm. but we've also heard of people getting off for more. Mm-hmm. So when you think, oh, my God, all these cars, it's so excessive. They're going in on these guys so hard and they have no evidence. But it's like. Thank fucking God. Yeah. These Alpine police were like, finally, something to do. Right. And they were like, well, let's fucking throw <laughs> everything yeah. at this. Yeah. I think that's great that Texas Equisearch came in. I just think it's mm-hmm. great in general that people took this seriously. There's so yep. many cases that we read about where it's just not. No. And it's unfortunate. So yes. I don't know if it's because of technology or what have you, but clearly she was, she was young. Yes. 22. Like, it's just, she was adorable. Aww. I'll read. Let me read some stuff. Yes. So, so many wonderful things. We always have like nice things to say, but this is like the utmost of Aww. shit that like occurred because of her death in her memory. So one, there was a beautiful mur- mural made of her. Um, I'll post the picture of it. Um, any one of you guys that are interested in seeing the mural can find it at 203 Holland Avenue in Alpine. It's actually behind a record store called Ringtail Records. So if you're ever driving through Marfa which I want to go <laughs> stop through there. So that's really cool. Um, in an effort to make sure Zuzu's memory will always live on, the university actually dedicated their brand new amphitheater to her. It's wow. called Zuzu's Place. Very sweet. There's Very a cool. wonderful plaque on the amphitheater that says, quote, my name is Zuzu Verk. I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, I have a growing passion for nature, which drew me to West Texas, which is so sad to me because it's like your passion drew you to where you were killed. You know what I mean? If you think about it that way, it's God, terrible, yeah. which I need to stop. After deciding to pursue my uh, pr- to pursue conservation biology as a collegiate career, I packed up my car and my dog, and the rest was history. Literally. Every day that goes by, the terrain and wildlife remind me of how beautiful this frontier is and how truly lucky I am to be here. That's the plaque on the fucking amphitheater, you guys. She was a gem. Yeah, she was... We say that about everyone. Beautiful soul. There's also a scholarship that has been created in the memory of her at the university that she wow. attended. So three big things, a mural, a scholarship, and an amphitheater. People really, f- yeah. everyone, like so very clearly, everyone who encountered her or the friends of mm-hmm. friends who encountered her knew really how like wonderful her. she was and they, they really loved her. And mm-hmm. it's. I'll read a few kind words. Wow. And then we'll be done. She was super smart, sharp, and witty. 
which are wonderful things that I feel like I both of us would want to be Abs- known as. Yep. <laughs> I think she had a good handle on life for, for being such a young adult. She was special to us and we'll never forget her, you know, and we'll never forget those moments we had with her. I feel very lucky to have met her and spent the time I did with her. Hmm. That is literally it on Zuzu Verk. Super sad. Very sad. It's very unsettling, and Zuzu did not deserve. No. And you know that any that Chris guy that. is going to try and get off because you Absolutely. know he can afford a good attorney. And they might. And they they both to God might. might. Yeah. But I mean, I'm fingers crossed that Robert has so much guilt pointing at him because he is the boyfriend. He has the you know the the stigma and then the hair was found in chris's car and so Mm -hmm. that will hopefully keep him attached to this whole thing but as we know small towns aren't great with jury selection and things and stuff caldwell isn't that big of a town i'm really glad that robert's uh trial was moved though absolutely in a case like this you want it to be fair you want it to Um, be 100 percent. he was convicted Mm -hmm. because he did it not because the town thought he, thought did, he did it. it and yeah. and we think he did it, but, you know, it's just, I, I think that poses more chance for justice for Zuzu. Mm-hmm. It being a case of new, fresh eyes, fresh well, people who maybe didn't know her, but I'm sure they'll hear character witnesses. I mean, I'm sure they'll I read they'll barely feel briefly it. anything, and I'm sure, I'm assuming everyone probably felt terrible that this type of woman died mm-hmm. and was killed. And it's... She she clearly had a bit of uh, an issue. I don't want to victim blame at all, but she maybe she chose the wrong guys. Maybe she was attracted to the wrong guys. She said they were off and on. We've all done it. Absolutely. All you know, you it. stick around because they promise they're going to change. They mm-hmm. say sorry, you know, blah, blah, blah. Not that she had low self-esteem. Not that she wasn't strong enough, but maybe she pitied the guy. Maybe she felt bad. Maybe she was in a small town and just felt like, hey. He's someone I know. Yep. And it's comfort and it's routine and it's easy. And I have my dog feel my dog with me, so I feel safe. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that those excuses that we make for people can come back and you can really regret those when it's too late. Yep. You never know what anyone is capable of mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well we'll see what happens. Yeah, in, we will. I tried to look up stuff about Chris's trial that started yesterday. Couldn't find anything. Nothing had been reported. And hopefully stuff <laughs> in July. Hopefully. About the extra important person, which is Robert. Yes. And I'm going to reserve my fuck yous. I will wait because I don't want to. I don't want to fuck you. You can say when allegedly fuck you. Allegedly fuck, fuck you, you, Robert. Fuck you, Chris. Allegedly fuck you, Chris. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. You killed the most precious person in Alpine, Texas. Uh, go hug someone. Yeah. I'm going to go hug my dog. Yeah. This was depressing. It was very depressing. because like... we took some time off and now it's just all setting in of mm-hmm. sadness. All right. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. Cassie, talk. Yeah. Um, we, again, will remind you that we have an event at Market Bar, MKT Bar, um, downtown Houston on June 27th. And we, it is a Wednesday. Yes. We really hope you guys are there. We're going to be there with stickers, giveaways. Um, we're doing custom pint glasses through my brewery, Rar and Sons. Um, and we're going to have some really awesome beers that we've decided for you guys. So we're really excited. So please make sure you, uh, if you're in the area, just come. Yeah. We're celebrating the uh, arrest of Golden State Killer. Yep. Which was a hot minute ago, but we're still celebrating. And oh, yeah. And we're trying to raise money to end the backlog. Yes. So that's what we're going to be there for. And Joyful yeah. Heart Foundation. Indeed. Yay. Yeah. And uh, donate to our PayPal if you are so inclined. We are about to hang up on this podcast and talk about our sticker shit. So if you want to buy a sticker made with, I'm going to stop saying, if you want to buy a sticker um, with the logo that the Inkling girl made for us, uh, yeah, donate to that PayPal, get that shit started. We'll give you a special prize. Yeah. I'll give you my dog. No. Just kidding. I'll give you a picture of my dog. (laughs) 
a signed picture of Gaio and Kane. Gaio, yeah. Not together because they're not friends. No. All right. Um, thank you guys once again. Uh, everything will be in the show notes. Where to find us, where to email us, where to reach us, where to look at our sources, where to fucking do all the things. Yes. So um, we'll be back in two weeks potentially with a survivor story or more Texas true crime. We'll have we'll to wait and see. We'll be back in one week. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Fuck. We're stuck We'll be back next days. week. We'll be back next week with more Texas true crime. And then after that, we might have a survivor story or whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Um, but we'll be back in June. With more Texas true crime. And if anyone's listening. Happy, happy Halloween. Halloween.